Welcome to the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley Young, pianist, instructor, and business coach, and I'm here to help you dream big about what your studio could be if you are willing to open your mind and level up your business skills. I'm going to share the tangible strategies that I've learned for streamlining and scaling your studio so that you can align your business to work for your life instead of letting your business control your life. I am so happy that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome into the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. Welcome back if you're a longtime listener and welcome in if this is your very first time. I am Ashley and I'm really happy that you are here. I have had a really wonderful morning. Right now, it is very early in the morning. I'm recording this episode at 6.51, which is kind of funny because I've been up since five. So it doesn't feel like it's super early, but I glanced at the clock and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty early in the morning. Um, I am up this early because, well, I get up early all the time because I love, I love a good morning routine, but my daughter has an event at school that I'm going to head out for here in a little bit. And I wasn't planning on recording this episode this early. I actually had time blocked out in my calendar later in the day to do it. But after getting ready and kind of settling in for the morning, I was like, you know what? I really feel like just, I'm just really excited to get to the microphone and to talk with you. So here I am in the, in the early wee hours of the morning. I don't know how it is where you are, but we're at that time of year now where it's really dark. um, And we're going to be coming in here obviously in December to like the darkest part of the year. Uh, But it's really wild to just see how everything changes because in the summertime, when I wake up at five or 5.30, it's light outside. It's gorgeous. It's like the birds are already chirping. The day is already going. And I love that feeling of waking up and like the day is already starting and I'm kind of waking up to the day versus as we get into fall and as we get into winter, of course it's dark. And here where I am in the Pacific Northwest in the, in the dead of winter, it stays dark until eight o'clock in the morning, which is, it's wild. Um, and so it's just a totally different feeling of like getting up and it's almost like I shouldn't be awake cause it's dark outside. Right. And like, there's no birds and it's just very quiet. So neither is, you know, good or bad, but it's just a, diff- a very different feeling. So anyway, there's my weather and season report that you didn't ask for. <laughs> um, but let's dive into today's topic. We are going to be talking about three toxic beliefs that a lot of people have about social media that I know that I had about social media content um, that keep you stuck where you are, that make it really hard for you to expand and market in the online space. And I've spoken to this on the podcast before that I used to have really negative energy around social media. And don't get me wrong, like there are still some downsides. I'm not a person that loves social media. And I actually don't, you know, there's, there's personal choices that I make outside of business around social media. Like for example, my daughter isn't on social media. I mean, I haven't like posted pictures of her on social media. I didn't do like baby photos of her and stuff like that. And so there's, there's definitely like a personal side where I don't, you know, do a ton on social media in that way, but we'll dive into that later in the episode. But it's funny because now, you know, in the last like year, I've had this season and this transition where people, when people ask me what I do, like when I meet new people that don't know me, that, you know, kid like other parents at my kid's school, things like that. And they'll be like, oh yeah, what do you do for work? And it's felt like this year of me just being like, 
what do I do? How do I explain it? Because I used to say like, I'm a pianist and I teach at a college and I have my own private studio, you know, piano teacher, that kind of stuff. And I still do teach, but that doesn't, I'm not spending the bulk of my time teaching anymore. And when I was like doing a time audit and I was talking to one of my really good friends, she was like, yeah, it's really funny because I was, I was trying to explain to someone what you do. And I was like, you're actually like kind of a content creator, which is wild. Cause you're a person that doesn't really like, I don't think of you as a social media person. Um, so anyway, all of that to say that now I embrace the slash. I don't know if there's any, if you're a Brene Brown fan, but she talks about the slash of like, you don't need to be just one thing. You don't need to label yourself as just one thing. You can be many, many things. And so now my party line, when someone asks what I do and you know, they don't have like 10 minutes to listen to me describe it all is that I just say that I, by training, I'm a pianist and I have an online business that focuses on education for piano, you know, and I do that through content creation. I do that through group classes, through my online program for adults, business coaching for other teachers, you know, and I kind of like explain it that way. And depending on how much time we have, I'll go into various levels of detail. And this is wild for me. Because I, if you would have asked me five years ago, if I would be putting out content regularly online, I would have said like, heck no, 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 no. Um, and that's just simply because I didn't, you know, I had like negative vibes around social media, but because social media is so present in the world that we live in today, it is, I would say the most powerful tool for connecting people in the world to your business, but you have to use social media strategically and purposefully, right? You have to be strategic in how you use it. And if you do, it can bring you growth like you've never seen before because it allows you to reach people that you wouldn't have been able to reach before, right? The difference of me teaching in my neighborhood pre-COVID and having a sign in my front yard because I had a, a house on the corner of a busy street that said piano lessons. And that's how I got most of my customers. Like that is a very different model than posting content online regularly on social media and reaching people all over the world. I'm at a point now where I would say actually a lot of my community is in Australia or in Europe, you know, in other areas of the world. And it's really cool. But if you use it wrong, it can really just perpetuate toxic beliefs and keep you stuck without new growth, without new customers. And there's obviously negative downsides as well. So we're going to dive into these beliefs and I'm going to break them down for you. And I'm going to give you, of course, some tangible strategies that you can use if you recognize yourself in these beliefs, or I should say, if you recognize these beliefs in yourself, um, of ways to over overcome these beliefs, uh, mindset shifts that you can have, and just, we're just going to have a conversation about it, right? See if we can get your mind to open up a little bit. And I'll share some of my experience. I'll share some experience from others that I've worked with and um, other people that, you know, have even larger communities online than I do. So the first belief that I would say is pretty toxic about social media is the belief that you need to know what other people are doing. And this one is tricky because oftentimes you'll see advice when you're going to, you know, try to grow on Instagram or when you're going to start a podcast or you're going to create a YouTube channel, you'll see advice that tells you to research other people in your niche. Or in other words, to go out and find people that are already doing what you are trying to do. And I, I understand why people recommend that. I understand why that can be a very helpful tool and resource because you get ideas, you get inspiration. You can kind of see like what has worked for someone already and you can try to follow their roadmap or their blueprint. But 
I personally believe that this keeps people pretty stuck. And the reason is because it's really easy to fall into a couple of mindset traps here. The first trap that you can fall into is analysis paralysis. And I see this happen constantly. Teachers will DM me and they'll ask me questions about like, how do I get started? How do I start posting consistently? You know, what do I do? And they'll start doing research and they'll instantly get stuck because they see like, oh my gosh, there's so much out there. And they get stuck in this phase of just like finding more people. And you have to keep a pretty clear and level head if you're going to do research before you do something. Because anything that you could find, you can really make it fit any story that you want to tell yourself, right? So you could find people that are doing an amazing job and you could think, oh my gosh, this is proof that there needs to be more piano people online. This is proof that I should show up online and do what I want to do because other people are already doing it. And that means there's a need and a desire for it in the world. But that's not what most people think. <laughs> most people will see other people doing what they want to do and they'll say, okay, I shouldn't do it. Like, there's, there's no way I could do it as well as them or, well, there's already someone kind of doing what I want to do. So I don't want to try to compete with them. They're already further along in the journey. You know, all of those thoughts of like why it won't work because of all of these other quote unquote successful people that you see that are doing what you want to do. Now, if you can do some research and you can use it for inspiration and you can use it as evidence as to why you should do what you want to do, then I would say, okay, go ahead and do a little bit of research. I'll give you a little bit of an example. When I was going to start my YouTube channel, I kept seeing advice that was like, look up other you know, YouTube channels in the niche that you want. And I started looking them up and there was definitely times I, I would say I oscillated between the two where I looked up stuff and I was like, oof, I can't do this. You know, there's other people that are already doing it so much better. Their videos look so good. They're clearly hiring like professional editors and they have so many more resources. And there were just all these stories about why I couldn't do it. And I had to step away from it and take a little bit of a break. I had to find some other helpful tips on starting a YouTube channel. And when I went back to it, I tried to approach it with a different mindset of like, okay, I can do that. And you know what? I could maybe even do that better. Like I have ideas of how I could teach that even more effectively, or I have an idea for a video on the same topic, but here's what this person left out, or here's what I think would make this video even better. And so if you're going to do, you know, some analyzing, or you're going to look out into the world and see what other people are doing, do it with the intention of using it for inspiration and using it for fuel to fuel the story that you can do it. Other people are doing it and it works. And that is evidence as to why you need to be doing it too. All right. Another thing that happens when you start to look at other people is perfectionism creeps in, right? And we just start to compare. It's very easy to fall into the comparison game. And I already touched on this a little bit in thinking that other people are doing it. So I shouldn't, but it goes even deeper than that. Um, and it's easy to really start judging other people and then using that judgment as evidence or as, you know, reasoning why we shouldn't do it. Um, it's easy to think that, you know, that whatever you do isn't going to be like those other people and all of that kind of stuff. So perfectionism, I call myself a re recovering perfectionist. It's, it's present in a lot of people, even if you don't identify as a perfectionist. So don't get stuck in that mindset of perfectionism. All right. The last thing that happens when you research what other people are doing is that you can lose your own unique brilliance. Right. And I don't want you to go out and start looking at what other people are doing and get your own ideas watered down. We don't want that. Your ideas matter. Your ideas are uniquely brilliant. You have 
so much to offer the world. And there are so many people in the world that if you were to start marketing and, you know, creating content online, people would want your information. They, it would resonate with them and they would, you know, come into your community and they would want to stay and they would want to be a part of your community. And when you start to research or you start to let yourself be influenced by other people that are doing what you want to do, it's a fine line between using that as inspiration and then just kind of copying people. And don't do that. <laughs> right? Don't do that. Don't copy people. It's okay to see someone doing something and say like, oh, that's kind of a cool idea. I'm going to take that. I'm going to put my own unique spin on it, but don't just, you know, see someone's piece of content and copy it. That is not what we want. That is not what is good for the industry. That's not what's good for you. And it's not going to work because the reason that people are going to be drawn to you is because of the things that make you unique. It's not because you did a video on the same topic that someone who already has a large community is doing a video on, right? That's not why people will be drawn to you. They'll be drawn to you because of your unique brilliance. Okay, the second belief that is toxic about social media content and that will keep you stuck for sure is the belief that you need to schedule or batch your content. And I would actually, I, I was trying to think of a like a, a, a more overarching belief, but I went with this one because this is a question that I get very often. Um, but I would put other beliefs in with this belief as well, which are just kind of like unhelpful questions or questions that you don't need to ask yet. Um, asking if you need to schedule or batch your content or believing that you need to schedule or batch your content will keep you stuck because it's complicated. If you are not a person that is showing up online regularly and marketing and creating content, and you don't have a proven track record of consistently creating content for like, I would say at least a few months then you're not ready to start thinking about batching content. You're not ready to start thinking about scheduling content. I will tell you that it's taken me, I'm two years into my journey and I am just now getting to the point that I feel like I really have scheduling and or batching down. And I don't do that regularly, right? I don't regularly batch my content. I will batch my content and record a few episodes of the podcast or of um, my YouTube channel if I'm going out of town right? I will kind of like batch in that way, but I don't batch it in that. Like I don't sit down and try to create a month's worth of content in one sitting because one that's exhausting. And two, it's very complicated to, to have the creative energy to sit there and to create content that looks like you created it regularly, um, out in one sitting. It's just, it takes a lot of energy. So there are some ways that you can schedule and batch content. So I schedule my content in that, like I'm always looking at what's coming up in the next quarter and what I'm going to open enrollment for and what I'm going to sell and what I'm going to do in my business. And so I schedule content in that I know, you know, like, okay, I'm going to be creating videos around this topic around this time because I want to try to sell this product or, you know, different strategies like that. So I am scheduling in that I'm mapping out what the year will look like in the quarters and I'm having my content reflect what I'm doing in my business, but I'm not scheduling in that I don't sit down on Monday and like schedule out all of my Instagram posts or schedule out all of my Facebook posts. Again, occasionally, if I have like a big launch, like I recently did a big launch of Piano Practice Lab and some of that content I had created earlier because I'm doing content like two or three times a day to promote the event. And it's not realistic for me to post two or three times a day with my schedule. So I will, you know, batch or schedule some of it but not all of it. But anyway, I digress. All of this goes back to the fact that like, if you're not regularly doing content, don't think about scheduling or batching. It will pretty instantly become very overwhelming and you likely will not be successful with it. And that's not because I doubt you. That's not because you don't have the ability. It's just because 
creating content and showing up online takes a certain skill set and a certain muscle. And you need practice flexing that muscle in little, tiny, consistent ways over time before your brain can conceptualize scheduling and batching your content. Okay. So I want you to, instead of believing that you need to schedule or batch your content to be successful, I want you to shift your belief around this. And I want you to think about content creation as a non-negotiable because it is marketing for your business. And if you are not regularly marketing your business, you're not going to grow your business at the speed that you want to grow it at, right? Like if you are sitting here and you're like, I want to grow faster, or I want to scale, or I want to make more money. I want more clients. I want da -da 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 -da. content creation should be non-negotiable for you. Okay. It's something that you need to be addressing at least a few times a week, but I would say if not on a daily basis. My day generally starts with, hello, here I am very early in the morning, creating a piece of content, right? I'm here on the microphone talking to you for the podcast. And sometimes it looks like that. Sometimes it looks like the first 30 minutes of my schedule is, you know, creating an Instagram post or an Instagram reel. And I will record stuff in advance. So I will generally have like, you know, two days that I film out of the week and I'll film like a lot of different things on those days, but I don't film a lot of things on those days with the intention of posting them that week. I now have like a backlog of many, many months where I have, you know, two days a week where I filmed like three reels on each day or three, you know, videos that could potentially be used as reels. And so there are 30 minutes on my calendar every single morning before I dive into anything else where I am doing something related to content, something related to marketing. And I want you to try to make that the belief, okay? That it's something that you need to put regular time aside for so that you can flex that muscle of being consistent before you try to conceptualize those higher level concepts like batching content or scheduling content. Just do it on a regular basis, be consistent. And once you have that gold star of like, okay, I've been doing this for two months or three months and I've been really consistent with it, then you can start to open yourself up to other ideas of how you can be more strategic, how you can batch, how you can schedule. All right. The third belief, which I realize now I kind of touched, touched on a little bit in belief number one, but we didn't go, we didn't go deep enough is your content isn't good enough. And this is huge. I would say this is the number one belief that I see people have that prevents them from pulling fully showing up online in the way that they want to. And almost every single client that I have that I enter into business coaching with has this belief at some level. And you know what? I still struggle with this belief sometimes. It's not something that you just like overcome. It's a practice. And believing that your content or that what you have to say or what you want to put out into the world isn't good enough is so disheartening. And it's sad and it breaks my heart because ultimately it's kind of, again, from that like perfectionist mindset of like what I'm doing isn't good enough or people won't want to hear it or people are going to judge me. It's really thinking about it through a lens of what other people are going to think. Okay. And this is not a good way to do anything in life period. And it's especially not a good way to do anything in your business. <clears throat> One of the quotes that comes to mind often that I've shared with you before here on the podcast and that I've shared on my Instagram and in the Facebook group is this idea that if you want to do things that you've never done before, if you want to achieve or accomplish things that you've never achieved or accomplished before, you have to be willing to do things that you've never done before. Right. And so I think about that often. And I think about that when I get into little seasons or days where it feels like, Oh, should I really post this reel? Is that, you know, is this video going to be good? Maybe I shouldn't do this it, because it's easy to slip into that mindset. But 
I have to remember that now there are people that have already said they want to be in my community. There are already people that are expecting it. And I don't, I know that even though sometimes it feels like my content isn't good enough, it's not necessarily true, right? It's always getting better. And now I have a little bit of evidence to show me that, you know, I, I can do it and that some people at least will get value out of it. Um, and I, I will share with you that I had that idea here when I started the podcast. Like it took me a couple months to really get up the courage to sit down and actually record my first episode. I've shared before and that I had the idea of the podcast for a couple of years before I dove in. And a lot of that was because I was like, I don't know, you know, like what I have to say, I don't know if it's going to help teachers. I don't know if it's going to benefit them. Is it just a waste of time? Is anybody going to listen? And I had all of those not good enough thoughts. And of course, none of that is true, right? Because you are brilliant and your lived experience, your academic experience, your practical in the field experience is totally unique to you because it's your experience, but other people will learn from it. And that is always true. If you're the kind of person that's like thinking about how can I learn from this experience? How can I pass this knowledge along to other people? Then your content is going to be so valuable. And the cool thing is that you're a piano teacher or you're teaching music, you're here, you're listening to this podcast, that means that you are that kind of person, right? You already are always striving to do your best, to be as educational and to be motivating and to help your students. And so anything that you put out online is gonna have that same kind of messaging, that same kind of feeling behind it. And it's going to be very, very valuable to a lot of people. So you, can create content that is good enough. And you know what? Every single person is gonna look back on their very first piece of content they posted, their very first YouTube video, their very first Instagram reel, and they're gonna cringe because the natural evolution is that you will get better at it, right? It's something that you will continue to improve upon. It's something that you will continue to practice and there will be evolution and there will be growth and you will improve with it. So if you look back on your first video or your first piece of content and you cringe, that's beautiful. That means that you started at the perfect point, right? The perfect point for you, where you were ready to dive in and you were ready to just put it up regardless, and then you improved. And that's all we can do. That's all we can do in life is learn from our experiences and try to do better. And I would say the same is true with content or marketing or showing up online. So I hope that you found something valuable in this episode. I hope that you are walking away with something tangible that you can do right now, whether that's like a shift in your mindset or, you know, you're going to actually like go turn on a timer and start creating a piece of content right now. I really hope that that is the case. And if that is the case for you, I would love if you would screenshot this episode, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me or rate and review the podcast. That would be amazing or share it with some other music teachers. Um, I'm really trying to get the word out there to as many music teachers as possible if you're finding this information helpful and if it could help them. So you're amazing. I, I want to give you a big gold star for showing up today and for going the extra mile to listen to something where you could potentially change your mind. Listen to something where you might grow, you might learn, and you might do something that a lot of people aren't willing to do, which is change in a certain direction, right? So you're incredible. I hope you have an amazing week and I can't wait to be here with you next week. Talk soon. Hey there, thank you for being here. I love connecting with you every single week. And one of my favorite parts of connecting with you is actually getting to know you. I created a free community for business-minded piano teachers to come together every single week, connect and learn even more tangible strategies for business streamlining and scaling. You can join using the link in the show notes and I can't wait to get to know you.